Hey everyone, it's Aaron. So we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We are going to provide you with a compilation of call-outs from some of our leaders of our favorite B Corp episodes to end B Corp month. We had talked about this quite a bit. This was part of our regularly scheduled programming. We're kind of at this odd time right now, and we talk with our clients about this all the time. How should we be handling our content amidst this coronavirus crisis? And we're of two minds. Obviously, we should be addressing it, and we did that in our last episode, and we'll likely continue to devote a few more episodes, at least to companies who have pivoted their business models towards providing a greater good amidst this pandemic. At the same time, if you're like me, you're probably also craving content that is not coronavirus, but is still valuable and still takes you into a positive space of gratitude. So enjoy listening. We'll see you next week. And we'll probably also have a couple of more coronavirus type episodes, but also hopefully more episodes that are not devoted to coronavirus. Be well, be healthy, stay safe. Broadcasting from the 10 Hudson Square building, home of WNYC Radio in Soho, New York, welcome to Brand on Purpose, the podcast dedicated to uncovering the untold stories behind the most impactful purpose-driven companies. As we wrap up season three and the end of B Corp month here at Brand on Purpose, we wanted to take a look back at some of the interviews that explored the B Corporation certification process. So something that's core to a truly purpose-driven company is authenticity. Being purpose-driven is not about advertising or marketing, but living your values. And for many of our guests, becoming a B Corp has been a way for them to look both inward and outward and validate the impact they're having in the world around them. In this episode, we'll be taking some time to reflect on those interviews, beginning with one of the OG B Corp brands and my favorite ice cream, Ben & Jerry's, whose self-proclaimed village elder, Rob Mikulak, dives into the overarching importance of becoming a certified B Corporation and how those who aren't certified can still make a difference. You have different degrees of companies that are trying to do good. And at one end of that, you'd find kind of a shallow, the shallow end of the pool. And then on the other end, you're going to find the deep end. And, and some are way out in the ocean uh, with all sails up. I think where people can find companies that are truly committed and have a lot of credibility is within the B Corp movement. So these are these are companies that are certified benefit corporations that have gone through an assessment by a nonprofit organization by the name of B Lab and that set up this assessment. And so once a company has taken the assessment and, and scores the the minimum 80 points within that assessment, they can become a certified B Corp. And what that means is that you know if you see the certification, the B Corp certification on a company's either packaging or website or social media or however they might communicate that, you know that company's actually achieved really high standards in terms of social, economic, and environmental performance. And so the B Corp movement is really growing. It's starting to catch on around the world. It started mainly in the US, but now it's in Europe, South America, Australia. It's growing around the world. And and that's one way people can be confident that a company is really doing what it says it's doing. Were you the one at Ben and Jerry's that led the effort to become a certified B Corp? Yes, I was. Two of the co-founders, there there are three uh, founders of B Lab that started this this whole certification process that eventually was kicked off in 2007. They were working on it before 2007, but they came up and visited us in 2009. We had been acquired by Unilever in the year 2000, and so we weren't 
really certain that we could become a certified B Corp. But Ben & Jerry's is actually a Vermont company. It's a Vermont corporation that now has one shareholder, which is Unilever. And so two of the founders at B-Lab said, no, you can do this because you're a discrete entity that can be certified. And so then we pursued it. And what was great was Unilever in its own right is actually a very progressive company. Out of all the multinational, multi-brand companies in the world, Unilever is actually very progressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're jettisoning businesses that don't meet their values now. And they're a certified B Corp, aren't they? They'll, I think they just got their certification. Or am I wrong about that? Or maybe they're on their way. Unilever hasn't taken that step yet. And actually, that's something that B Lab is looking at is how to how would you actually certify the complexity of an organization that has so many businesses and so many brands around the world? But there is there is a movement to to figure out how multinationals such as Unilever could make a declaration that supports all of these principles. What Unilever's been doing, though, which is uh, which is actually very intriguing, is they've been acquiring certified B Corps, such as Seventh Generation and Sir Kensington's and Sundial and Ben and & Jerry's. And so Unilever really sees purpose-driven businesses as a very important direction because they see a truly sustainable company as one that has purpose. And we're seeing more and more companies acknowledging this idea that to really be a successful and sustainable company, a company has to acknowledge purpose side it's not just about making profits and providing jobs. It's actually how you can create benefits within the world that you exist in. And I think I find that very exciting. I, I find it very encouraging. And what's interesting is you were with the company both pre-Unilever acquisition and post. And it sounds like, I mean, there's always going to be an adjustment period anytime there's an acquisition regardless, but it sounds like, and the narrative in the market is that Unilever is so inspired, as you mentioned, about the acquisition about being so purpose-driven and having a social mission that not only is that part of their acquisition strategy, it's also part of their, their divestiture strategy at this point. They're literally divesting themselves of businesses that don't meet their new threshold for social values. What it's done for Ben & Jerry's is it, it's really allowed us to really fulfill more of how social mission can create benefits. I, I can say as a person who's been here pre-acquisition and post-acquisition, that Ben & Jerry's social mission is currently doing more now than it ever has throughout the business, which is the idea, is how to, how to get this embedded from end to end throughout the value chain. And talk a little bit about the foundation. So Ben & Jerry's foundation donates more than a million dollars, right? Maybe even closer to two million annually to different organizations. Who, who administers that and how do you determine where to deploy the funds? The foundation is its own separate 501c3 that we started back in 1985. And we have a formula of how the revenues flow from the for-profit corporation over to the foundation. The foundation is staffed by two co-directors and senior administration person. So there's literally three people who run the foundation. However, the foundation's granting board is made up of Ben & Jerry's employees. Ben & Jerry's employees from the two main Vermont manufacturing sites where we make ice cream and the headquarters site in Vermont. So there are different seats from those three sites and 
they sit on the grant making board. So the employees actually administer the grants. And the foundation is working to address grassroots solutions at the community level that deal with social and economic justice and environmental stewardship. And what the foundation was originally set up to do is to really fund those organizations that might not be funded by more conservative or traditional foundations, try to build on what Ben and Jerry, our co-founders, saw is how business can really create justice in the world. There's a thing within Ben and Jerry's that a lot of people outside the company don't know about it, and and that's our progressive value statement. It was a statement that we wrote back in 1997. And the thing I love about this progressive value statement is it's more true today than it was when we wrote it. One of just one of the principles of this progressive value statement reads that capitalism and the wealth it produces does not create opportunity for everyone equally. And Ben and Jerry's recognizes that the gap between the rich and poor is wider than at any time since the 1920s. And that what we want to do as a company is we want to create economic opportunities for those with those opportunities and to advance new models of economic justice that are sustainable and replicable. And this is just one of the principles in our progressive value statement that we wrote back in 1997, which really was prescient in terms of what's happened. You know, we have seen the concentration of wealth and power more so now than it has ever been. And what we hope and we're very optimistic about is that companies are adopting this concept of of true social purpose creating social and economic benefits through their business models. You know, we're seeing it, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, with certified B Corps. And there are other companies that may not be certified B Corps that are every bit as purpose-driven and showing leadership in creating some good solutions, some great social enterprises out there. And we just hope that the people can recognize those companies and you know support them in, in the best ways they can. Rob has an optimistic viewpoint of both becoming and not becoming a B Corp. His main goal is enacting purposeful change, and he sees companies who both do and do not have the certification achieving just that. His sentiment encourages those who maybe can't become a B Corp to still have purpose and be purpose-driven, which is inspiring for groups like Decker's, a footwear designer and distributor that owns Ugg, Hoka One One, my favorite running shoe, Kulabera, and more. Decker's CEO Dave Powers talks about the authenticity of doing the right thing, regardless of becoming a B Corp in this clip, as well as pointing out the legal complexities of acquiring a B Corp certification. It's interesting. We have looked into B Corp, and I asked our head of corporate responsibility and sustainability Tom Garcia recently to take a look at that and see what we could do, either for Decker's or one of our brands. And it's challenging as a public company to do that, and particularly to transfer from non-B Corp to B Corp. There's certain things that are difficult for different reasons. But what we said is like, well, let's be a B Corp without being a B Corp. And so we don't need the certification, so to speak, to just behave the right way. And so let's use that as kind of a filter along with our sustainable development goals that we've established to set the tone for the kind of company we want to be and how we operate. And so we pay attention to it. We utilize that as kind of a guidepost for us. But as a public company, we're doing as best we can 
without going for the full certification. I'm glad to hear you say that. I know it sounds odd for me to say I'm glad to hear you say that. But so my own agency, we're part of a publicly traded company and we've been looking into it. And I like the spirit of it. I like the direction of it. But the lift on the legal side, even though B Corp is not a legal designation, the lift on the legal side is so huge. It almost is a distraction and it's cost prohibitive and it takes us away from doing everything that we need to do to actually become a B Corp to begin with. So for us, we probably have to pass on it as well. And we landed where you are, which is we're just going to continue to live our values and be purpose driven and have our own KPIs and hold ourselves accountable in the way that a B Corp would be. Exactly. Yeah. It also, you know, you don't have the full certification. You can't put that in your windows of your stores or on your website, but I don't know. I feel like it's almost more authentic this way, just to be doing the right thing, regardless of certification or not. And I think that's more long lasting. Dave brings up a good point. There's a certain legitimacy to doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing without being beholden to the powers that be, or in this case, the powers that be corp. But is the authenticity of a few individual brands enough to band together an entire community? Is it enough to inspire the whole? Intrepid Group CCO Lee Barnes and Ellis Kitchen CEO Mark Kudigan think the answer to that is probably no. So let's listen to what they have to say on that point. It sounds, though, like B Corp in that three-year process uncovered more things that you hadn't thought of that now you're doing that actually hardened you to become even better than you were before, yes. if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah, 100%. I think the way we've looked at it is like your audit process. Yeah, we do our finance, we have a heap of accountants. And they work away doing great work, but we still need an auditor to, order to come in and say, yeah, this is the right way. Hey, you need to improve this. And, and B Corp's really provided that. It's validated the things we're doing, but it's also highlighted where we need to get better. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but it's made us a better organization and probably challenged some of the assumptions that we had and really taken us that next step. Well, one of the clear tangible benefits and probably the more interesting examples I found was through the process in our supply chain, they were looking at how we did some of our contracting. And it came up that the contracts we had in certain places, we do a lot of home states, right? So home states in Egypt, throughout Southeast Asia, Africa. They found that in Egypt, the home stays that we had and the local interactions at those points, the contracts were always held with the men. Even though the woman or the mother or the, the female lead in that family was actually running the business. Now, what that caused is because the person running the business didn't have control of the contracting, they weren't in control of their business. They weren't in control of how much money they were getting paid. They weren't in control of when they worked, how they worked, and what product they were offering. And B Corp enabled us to see that, understand, and say, hey, what should we be doing with our contracting here? Who should we be contracting with? Why have we been just contracting with the male and the family? And we've gone through a process now working with those businesses to actually get the contracting and the relationship with the person running the business, which was quite often the female in that organized, in that in that family. And that's helped them take control. So that's one tangible experience, one tangible benefit from it. It also highlighted too that although we do a lot of work in communities globally where we travel, we weren't doing enough where our actual offices located. And it really shone a light that we needed to be better organization in Melbourne, where we have an office, in Marrakesh, where we have an office, in Myanmar, where we have an office. So really where we have those locations, we needed to engage and interact with the local community better. So for us, it was a hell of a lot of hard work. Was it worth it? Yes. I think we all need external validation beyond just our financials. And it's really helped us focus on creating value beyond just value for our shareholders, how we engage with the community, how we engage with our workers, and how we do things with the environment. So 
we've found that part really strong and we're also starting to see the benefit of being in the, the network effect by being in this community by working with other organizations whether it's having conversations with ben and jerry or i've seen the guardian come on board there's that network effect too where you're able to to be associated with these brands we were able recently here one of the big things was the climate strike the student-led climate strike and a number of b corps came together to help support a movement called Not Business as Usual to promote that, to encourage businesses to help support students go on strike. So there are benefits that come with it beyond just that audit process as well. There's a community and you're able to help advocate and take causes using the strength of that community. Lee's emphasis on interconnected positive change highlights the communal nature of the B Corp network and shows how companies' decisions affect both their business and their communities. Mark Cudigan, CEO of Ella's Kitchen, pushes brand leaders a step further. Let's hear what he has to say about how the current state of the world demands companies to be held accountable to meet these B Corp standards, because refusing to do so is to turn a blind eye to global problems. It's all very well for the top, you know, the top CEOs in the US, the roundtable to issue, you know, these edicts saying, you know, things aren't right, capitalism is broken, things need to change. Great. What they need to change it. Like, right. What are they doing about it? Right. You know, and B actually took out a series of adverts the last, you know, a week after they came out with this saying, Great, we have an answer to this. Take the assessment, mm-hmm. prove it. Right. When I meet CEOs who say they run a great company, first thing I say to them is, fantastic, good for you, prove it. Right. Take it's a free test. Right. Take the test. Right. The great company doesn't just live in a PL, right? It's not just about no. EBITDA, right? No, it can't, it can't be. And right. the ones that are going to be around in the future won't be as well. But, you know, I, I get sort of two responses. You know, what, one response is, you know, I run a great company and everything. I'm like, okay, well, firstly, prove it. But the thing for me, which a lot of people miss, I guess, about B Corp is, is it, it gives you this ability to talk to your suppliers, to partners, to actually inspire other people right. in a way that if you're just running a great company now, I would say to you, congratulations, pat me on the back. That's not enough. Right. Like we're never going to get out of the mess that we're in at the moment right. with people just looking after themselves. And every conversation is a move forward. Yeah. Right? Because it's, it starts something. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like we run a very good agency. We talked about this a little bit off air. I'd love to become a B Corp. And I ran it by my parent company. And it's not that they philosophically or even intellectually are opposed to it. They look at it and they're like, wow, that's a lot of work. I said, yeah, that's a lot of work. And I said, I don't know. I don't know, I don't have any visibility into the suppliers we're using from coffee to paper, right? Even our utility that we use in our building. I do know that we have purpose days and that we give purpose dollars back to clients and things like that. And that's nice, but it's not deep enough. And I want to be a B Corp. I want just like Havas here. I want to be a B Corp purpose-driven agency. Yeah. How do I convince them? Well, I'll come and chat with them. Okay. Um, well, next I, time you're in New York, I'm going to have you over. Yeah. You know, what, what do they need convincing on? On the fact that it, it's a lot of effort? Do they need convincing on? They, they, they seem to think there's a lot of legal paperwork as well that needs to be done. Like we need to change our articles of incorporation and, and things like that. And look, I didn't look at it that deeply, but I, I don't agree. And, and by the way, how hard is that? Yeah, I mean, uh, to we, change we, sentences and change, you know, change our mission and whatever and commit to things like, is that hard? Well, we, we, either, we either believe that change needs to happen or we don't. You know, I remember seeing an astronaut speak a few years ago. He said, when astronauts get up into space and they look back at the Earth, at the planet. There's no borders. There's no borders, but they have two overriding 
like feelings, emotions and thoughts. The first one is they look at the planet and they all say, wow, that is absolutely beautiful. I mean, look, at it. it's, it's absolutely stunning in its right. serenity and the view, everything. The second emotion they have, believe it or not, is sadness. Sadness yeah. that nobody is coming to save us. Right. Nobody. There's no great grand plan. Nobody's put their hand up and said, do you know what? We've got this. Nobody. Right. So what are we going to do? That's, that's the only question I have for you, you know, your parent company, the people running the company. Right. What are they going to do about it? We've got kids. I've got kids. You've got kids. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, they're striking saying, can you please help us? And we're actually turning the other way and going, well, we need more. We need more money, more this, more. Like, what are we doing about this? We are, the EU has declared a climate emergency. The UK government, parliament has declared a climate emergency. We've said we've got to hit these targets by 2050. We have no chance of hitting these targets. And you know, by the way, we need to hit them by 2030. Right. So what is going to happen? Either we're going to be part of a movement that is trying to save things or not. So I guess your bosses could turn a blind eye and say, well, we want to make more money. We need to keep going forward or. Right. We'll do something else. Mark's passion for the B Corp vision positions the cause at a truly global scale. He makes us consider the questions, if not us, who, if not now, when. Not the most comforting thoughts, I'll give you that, but absolutely critical to think about on an individual, corporate, and worldwide framework. And as Steve Feckheimer, CEO at New Belgium Brewing, discusses in this next clip, the purpose of the B Corp certification is to answer those questions with actionable change. Yeah. And if I was going to make a pitch for B Corps and without kind of geeking out too much about it, one of the things that's awesome about being a B Corp is you have the legal right to take the broader view of stakeholders into account when you're making decisions. So a traditional C Corp, one of the problems with it, and one of the things you see in sort of economic debate today is you have a shareholder supremacy issue. And that's the only thing as a board that you're allowed to take into account is your fiduciary responsibility. And certainly as a B Corp, as a board member of the B Corp, you have a strong fiduciary responsibility, but you're also allowed to take those broader stakeholders, employees, and community and environment into account when you're thinking through a merger or an acquisition. That's really important. And that's for companies that really thrive on and very strongly about their culture, and their core values, making that transition to a B Corp to give your board and your leadership the ability to balance those stakeholders in a different way. It's almost a new right, if you will, within the sort of corporate guidelines in the US, but it's really cool. It's really different. And I think it's actually really important to the future success of companies in the US that they have that latitude to think about their stakeholders more broadly in these decisions. While the talk of stakeholders versus shareholders and legal this and legal that can make some people's eyes glaze over, what Steve is really talking about are the very systems that make up our world today. These systems will never be perfect, but they can progress in a better direction. And the B Corp certification is a push in that direction. So to wrap up the show, we're going to return to the woman behind the curtain herself, B Lab Chief Marketing Officer Anthea Kelsick, who drives home what exactly B-Lab does through the B Corp certification process. And just coming back to B-Lab for a second, like the way we approach the work is through systems change. And so we look at it as the three levers of systems change to transform capitalism around behavior shifts, cultural shifts, and structure shifts. And so the structural piece is real. I think that's one of the reasons why our founders worked really hard to create this benefit corporation legal construct because the environment in which businesses operated 
wouldn't even allow the most woke or the most progressive CEO to do what they needed to do because the incentives weren't there. And so that was one means of disbanding that speed bump for those CEOs to make the decisions they wanted to. When you say incentive, do you mean a financial incentive? No, I mean the maybe it's not the incentive that it should be yet. It's more about dismantling the barrier for them to do what they wanted to do. But I do think the individual is incredibly important. And so when it comes to these behavior changes, we want to see companies behaving differently or being more like a B Corp. But you have to have the C-suite or the corporate directors or the board on board with that. And that is, we've found very much a a person-to-person discussion, particularly in in the wake of the business roundtable. There's a lot of rhetoric around wanting companies to become more progressive in terms of stakeholder capitalism, but not everyone's on board with that. That was incredibly disruptive. There are still critics. And so we're seeing the cultural shift, but we still need to have individuals as advocates for that in order to push all of those levers forward. And there's a difference between satisfying the thresholds that we're talking about to become a B Corp versus saying that my business has purpose baked into its business model. So you can still be a B Corp and not necessarily have your business model always providing benefits back to society necessarily, right? I'm not sure it's as black and white as that. I think in order to become a B Corp, you have to be able to show that you are delivering value to your workers, to the community, into your supply chain, to your customers, and obviously the environment. And so your business model fundamentally needs to shift a little bit in that direction, particularly if the pendulum was all the way on the other side of purely delivering to shareholders at all costs. And that's what it's all about. Moving forward, progress, not perfection. We can make these systems that we built work better for us, but it'll take work from us to get there. Acquiring the B Corp certification is one way we can do that work. It's a demonstrated act of showing the world that not only do we want change, we're doing all we can to make that change. And it's no easy feat. And as we've seen from companies like Decker's, anyone and everyone has the ability to enact positive social change through purposeful branding and business building. But joining the B Corp movement also allows companies to become part of a network of others, all working as a force for good. It allows companies to become part of a new system that, at least from my perspective, seems to be making a whole lot of progress. So if you're interested in knowing more about the B Corp certification, you can go to bcorporation.net to learn more about how your company can start that journey. There's also a few books I would suggest you read along the way. The Future of Capitalism, The Trillion Dollar Shift, and The Enlightened Capitalists. And for a darker version of the world, you might want to check out Malcolm Gladwell's latest book, Talking to Strangers and His Notion of the Truth Default, and a book called Winners Take All. Coming up in season four, you'll be hearing some incredible brand stories from fantastic guests. And it all kicks off with an interview with the chairman of National Geographic Partners, Gary Nell. We're also launching our sponsorship campaign and donating a portion of those proceeds to the Purposeful Charities and the causes we've had the pleasure of speaking with on this show over the past three seasons, all to pursue the goal of enacting change through purpose. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next season. This has been an episode of Brand on Purpose with Aaron Quickkin, the podcast dedicated to uncovering the untold stories of entrepreneurs and senior leaders who make it their brand's mission to do well by doing good. Special thanks to our amazing team, including the voice you never hear, producer extraordinaire Lindsay Hand, and the always-on-point associate producer Katrina Walkley, who touches every aspect of this podcast. Learn more about our show at brandonpurpose.com. 
follow our Instagram at the Bop Podcast and learn more about our host at AaronQuicken.com. Yeah.